I'm finna put all this in my book bag, cause I'm from the streets. Yeah, yeah. Boom, what's going on? It's Sakil Ambition Phillips, and here we are today with the first episode of Break Into Security, Is It Broken? Right? And today we are talking about the correlations between social engineering and marketing, digital marketing to be exact. You may say, what are some of those correlations? Well, let's get into it. Let's get into it. Right now. So one of the first things that we talk about when we talk about social engineering is the principles associated with social engineering. And some of you may be listening with and thinking, what is social engineering? Social engineering is the concept of manipulating the human mind, these exploits that are built into the human mind and how you can actually utilize those exploits in order to get humans to behave in ways that you want. And in this case, when we talk about social engineering, we're talking about how to trick humans into letting you into to, uh, computer systems and computer networks that you would otherwise not be authorized to get to get access into, right? So the first tool that we're going to talk about that's really in the social engineers arsenal is authority. But we also see this utilized within the uh, TTPs tactics, techniques and protocols or procedures uh, of your marketing agencies, right? So one such example or one famously used example is if you go back to scent, right? When we talk about authority and how it's used in scent and how this is also something that's going to be used by marketing agencies. And it brings to mind an important question, but we'll get to that question later. Scent was used, if you go back to look at the aqua velvas, the brutes, the old spice commercials, scent was utilized in order to actually uh, sway this idea of what a man smelled like, right? Aqua velva was the scent of the American man. Brute was the scent of the man, right? By the time you get into the 1960s, you have the scent of the man becoming Old Spice, right? And you may say, what are you using for this? Is this conjecture? No, I've actually uh, asked a ton of people this, right? Uh, stepping, uh, stemming from my own godfather, um, going back to some other people that I've mentioned, hey, you know, what did your father smell like? And one person mentioned Old Spice. And I remember even going into boot camp, we bought uh, Aqua Velva, bottles of Aqua Velva, and that's what we cleaned the squad bay with, right? That's what masks the scent of 70, uh, <laughs> teenage boys, right? 70 teenage boys and men, right? So you have this air of authority and you may say, well, how does this tie into authority? Well, the men that are used in these commercials are usually what? They're usually very masculine figures. They're usually either uh, wearing a suitcase or wearing a suit, <laughs> wearing a suit, carrying a briefcase, and they look like important businessmen. Why is all of that important? Well, there's a certain air of authority that is encapsulated in the image of the scent of the man, right? The scent of man. Sweep all the ladies off of their feet and uh, get all of your business deals closed. A scent of man. You know, that's the air of what we're going, uh, what they've kind of sold to us within the marketing, right? But also simultaneously, you've seen this same thing pop up in different places, right? Uh, why do you have certain, uh, it used to be things that were said, like, uh, if you're going out and you're trying to, you know, 
score, right? You're trying to get lucky. You're trying to meet someone at night. You're trying to uh, have luck with the other gender, right? The affair sex. You would put on certain colognes. And my godfather, I remember giving me this rundown on scent. I was into Calvin Klein obsessions at the time. And he even was like, no, that's like, that's a terrible scent. Why you, why even be into that, right? So there's all of these things and we have a a correlation, some symbolism that matches our sense of smell to a masculine scent and that calls in authority. But also let's talk about what the marketing agent, uh, marketing industry does that really hints upon authority. And you may say, well, I hope you had something better than scent. And I do, I do. Uh, a better argument for this would be the establish your authority movement where you have uh, person after person going to these publishing agencies or P PR agencies, right, uh, public relations uh, agencies. And what they will do is they will get you featured in several different articles, several uh, publishing, so you'd get featured on Forbes, so that you get these featured, uh, these sections of your websites that say things like, as featured in, as featured on Fox News, Market News. And you may say, well, Akil, haven't you used this? Yes, yes. During my sprint as a digital marketer and a entrepreneur, I actually use some of these things, right? What am I saying? I'm saying that if we step into what that is, this establishing of authority, yes, you're using established uh, reputable brands in order to boost your authority. That is one thing that you're doing, but you're also uh, portraying what is called a hoax in social engineering. You may say, what is a hoax? What is it that you're talking about, Akil? Well, the hoax here is that because you've been featured in Fox News, this makes you a more reputable business. This doesn't say anything about your Better Business Bureau accreditation, which would check to see how you actually manage the privacy uh, concerns of your customers, right? It doesn't say anything about licensing or regulations. It says that hey, you had enough money to spend to get featured in some of these things. Uh, but it's effective, right? These are the things that people want to see. So I don't see marketing uh, agencies stopping those tech, tech, uh, techniques uh, anytime soon. But that is another great example of how we see authority as a principle uh, tied in. And it also talks about how we utilize something called a hoax. Now, another thing that we do see utilized a lot by social engineers is intimidation. And you may say, well, marketing uh, marketers aren't intimidating. Well, if we go back, I remember conversations that I've had with other entrepreneurs, and we used to talk about these uh, group of people, these group of business coaches that we called the business bullies. It was always this hint of this hint of shame or judgment if you didn't do this thing uh, for your business. Well, if you're not a real business owner, if you don't do this, or you're not a real uh, entrepreneur, if you don't do that. Well, that's a sense of intimidation. And this is yet another principle that's being utilized by the hacker community, the guys that are trying to steal billions and are successfully stealing billions from corporations every year and are marketing agencies who are successfully getting you to spend billions every year, right? What's another one? Consensus, right? What, now you must be saying, what is consensus? Consensus is nothing more than peer pressure for adults. And you may say, what do you mean by peer pressure for adults? Well, you have to go along with this option because this is the option that is uh, selected and touted by the group. 
So that would be consensus. But does that make it the best option? Probably not, right? Or it is. But either which way, does it make it a great reason to choose that option? No, it doesn't. No, it does not. No, it doesn't make it a great reason to choose that option at all. And if they're trying to use consensus and trying to get you to choose, maybe there's another thing that you should be looking for. Maybe there's something else that you care about. And maybe you should look at your priorities of why you choose one product or service or the other, right? Because that is a technique that is going to be utilized by hackers, right? So do remember that. Another technique that's utilized by your hackers, your social engineers to try and manipulate people into uh, sending them money into giving them access into computer networks is scarcity. You may say, what is scarcity? It's like when you say, hey, there's only three seats left. There's only this many of an item left, even though the count of the item or the inventory of the item has nothing to do with fulfillment sometimes right some people don't tell you that a lot of times if you see people uh utilizing these entrepreneur drop shipping models if they are going ahead and using this drop shipping model then yeah they may have purchased and have the product on hand or they could be having their product fulfilled by a manufacturer by a shipping company in which case there are thousands of those products and they've put a number there in order to influence you to make the sale right so that they can actually make the purchase right uh, and get your money that's what they're using scarcity for now a cousin to scarcity a very close cousin to scarcity would be urgency you may say what is urgency or well, urgency is when you are feeling rushed to make the deal right you're feeling rushed to make the sale and you've got to make a decision now you don't have time to call your wife and see if it's okay you don't have time to call your mom and see if that's a great idea you don't have time to call your dad and double check to see if the price according uh the price that you were quoted the price on that invoice is an accurate price you have to make a decision now 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 and you see the anxiety created by that yeah that's urgency, right? Now, here's the kicker. You get a lot of salespeople that are taught this level of urgency, all right? Um, one thing that I wanted to go out and find a correlation to, and I know I did say digital uh, marketing, but digital marketing and sales are going to be a great portion of your company. If you've gotten into entrepreneurship and you're not looking at the marketing and the sales of your business, then you probably don't have a business. You probably have a hobby that is going to be de-established as a business here in a couple of years, right? So you need to look into marketing and sales. But one of the things that you learn when you get into sales, if you go to some of these uh, very reputable uh, authorities and experts in sales. One of the things that they'll tell you, and this is a quote from one of the most prominent sales reps out there. He says, he says, before he tells you their price, he has to stop, you have to stop them, right? So this is getting into this sense of urgency. The salesman themselves is already in an anxious space, right? And all I'm pointing out to you guys is how our sales tactics and our marketing tactics have kind of interwoven themselves with the scammy culture of social engineers and hackers, right? Uh, how did it happen? I think that the social engineers kind of watched some of the tactics there, right? But there's two more before we continue and before we end with this uh, episode. Two, the last two principles I want to tell you guys about, number one is familiarity. Familiarity is being utilized with a ton of 
uh, success for these hackers, for these uh, scammers and for these social engineers. But the ones that are suffering at the behest of this are our grandparents, are our uh, elderly. It's the people who have you know, fought in wars. Maybe it's a veteran that you've never met. Maybe it's your grandmother. Uh, I remember teaching about this in one of my classes and I mentioned the elderly scams. And one of the uh, students had mentioned how their grandmother was caught up in an elderly scam and sent $5,000 to a scammer uh, just because, you know, they thought that their uh, grandchild was in jail, right? That's something that we have to make sure that we're educating our families on and ma making sure that we are, uh, taking care of those in our family that are a little bit older, right? Um, the last one is trust, right? And that is one that is utilized within our elder scams as well. They're utilizing the trust that you've built with your families. So go ahead and make that trust take one extra step and say, hey, grandma, if you receive an email from me, just chase it with a call, right? If you uh, think that I sent you a text message and you're not sure, right if you have any doubt whatever right just call me up hear my voice right it helps it goes a long way but that's the first episode of break into security is it broken what we wanted you to do here was just kind of think of how some of these principles within social engineering uh that you learn when you're first getting into the industry of cybersecurity are utilized all around you they're used in marketing they're used in sales right they're used in some of these uh softer skills that we develop to persuade in terms of networking and they're used just in day-to-day -day, uh conversation as well if you're a part of communities Typically, communities try to have influence uh, over you in some of these ways, and it's not as nefarious, but being aware of it on those smaller levels may bring your attention to how it's happening on larger levels. Uh, definitely check out in the podcast description, we're going to post some uh, case studies for you guys so you can actually dive a little bit deeper into some of the social engineering principles that we talked about and possibly look into some talks that go deeper into some of the principles that we talked about. But this has been your first episode of Breaking Security, Is It Broken? And all we wanted you to do is think a little bit about how you can bring security into your everyday life. Until the next episode.